There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirless and joining me today is Jessica. Once a referral, you know. Every once in a while she shows up. She pops up out of her hobbit hole. Like a daisy. (laughs) Today we are talking Preacher episode 2, which is actually numbered episode 1 because the pilot was episode 0. It was poor Jessica. Did not know what the heck was going on, especially with the way this episode starts. Because we're back in 1881. Yeah, and I thought, I'm like, oh, this is some weird sci-fi or post-apocalyptic world. No, it's just some dudes in 1881 trying to get some medicine, and the West is not paradise. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) It was kind of strange, and I didn't exactly understand why they went back to that time. I don't get at all why, how it's relevant. If anybody knows, please, for the love of God, tell me. Because all we see is a bunch of, like, scalped Native Americans. But why why are white people scalping Native Americans? That seems... Well, they thought they were savages. I got that much. Well, no, 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 absolutely. But usually, like, the scalps thing was, you know... Yeah, I have no idea. Seems backwards. And the town of Ratwater, I I don't get it. Like... I mean, is that where the... Is that where Anvil begins? Like, Anvil, the town? So weird. Still doesn't explain why. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't understand it. Because then we jump forward to Jesse baptizing his parishioners. Including Tula. Yeah. Because she's just trying to be, you know, up his ass and annoy him till he helps her. You know, in my experience, like, the kind of manipulation where you're just annoying is not effective. <laughs> but God bless Tula, man. Just She's doubling down. <laughs> and again, not something that I'm used to. Is this something that they do? down in Texas. They just baptized you. Well, actually, no. There's, a, there's at least in all the places I've ever been, I mean, there's, like, lakes and stuff they'll baptize, you know, if it's a special thing or you're in a place where you don't have a baptism. But, like, literally every church I've ever been in has a baptismal, like, it's like a walk-in bath that's, like, I don't know, rib cage high. I'm a moderately a tall really? woman. And they just, you know... It, the whole thing that you're in there with the pastor and your your outfit, or sometimes they have like baptismal robes, and mm-hmm. you know I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, buried in the likeness of His death, He dunks you right because Baptists believe you've got to be completely covered, raised in the likeness of His resurrection, and pulls you out, and that's it. But you do it as an adult. You you do you're supposed to do it after a profession of faith, right? After you okay. get saved, accept Jesus as your Savior, yada yada yada, all that. Because. Um, in Catholic religion, you do it as a baby. child, yes, of course. No, it's no. It's uh, in, like, Baptist circles, it's post, you know, the decision to be... So it's know, always when you're, you're an, an adult. adult. Well, I mean, you could be a child. Like, you know, if you're a five or six-year-old and you say, you know, pray the prayer and whatever, and then you want to get baptized, yeah, absolutely. But it's, it becomes... It's not never to a, to a very small child. Okay. Interesting. I just wondered about that. 
intense. Because, they, like I said, I'm used to seeing it as well. I know babies. sprinkling too. Like sprinkling is not our thing. Like you're going in the water. You're coming out of the water. Your hair's a mess. Deal with it. Oh my gosh! Don't worry about your hair. It's not going to be cool. <laughs> yeah, but then this is Texas. It's not going to be good. Exactly. Yeah, it seems very humid all the time, or at least very gross. I don't know because oh, it just was so- dry and dirty is the way they were showing with the church not like it was green all around the emily was trying to get people because the new mega church down the road which is just funny because i think mega church all i think is that like giant one that's always on tv which is in houston it's uh is it yes it's not it's nowhere near anvil it is uh oh my god what is it called it's joel Osteen church but i've forgotten the name but it used to be a baptist church but then the, supposedly a storm blew the baptist part of the sign off and they became a non-denominational church and it's now just a big now it's church. just Jesus wants you to be happy and that's <laughs> interesting yeah but she's telling them how oh they have like a Starbucks inside maybe we can get a cappuccino maker and apparently Miles is the guy who likes Emily who is also Miles is the mayor mm-hmm. and she's just like whatever and it just it's the same thing where I'm likening this to Doctor Who where you have you know Rose so in love with the tenth Doctor. And you have Mickey, who loves Rose. And Rose knows that Mickey loves her, but doesn't Is pay very attention. sensitive to it. Yes, because now she wants to be with the doctor. Precisely. And so it's, I feel like it's the same thing here. I hate it. Oh, it just it annoys me. <sighs> but anyway, Emily's kind of tattling on Cassidy that he drank all the communion wine, which I find amusing. Which, a full case of it, I was, like, super impressed. Because at this point, remember, I started this episode not knowing, having not seen the second, the first episode. <laughs> so it was super confusing to me that he was able to drink an entire case and a half of freaking wine. Oh, because you didn't know at that I point didn't know he was a vampire. vampire. I was like, God, man. You know, it's I, I got to give it to you for, like, you know, staying with it. Wow. <laughs> Over what period of time, dude? Like, this is impressive. But yeah. no, he's a vampire. Naturally, he was able to drink a case and a half of communion wine. Right. Super, super confused. Um, and then this is also where we hear about Jesse, or not Jesse, Eugene. Eugene's face, yes. With the shotgun and that. Because Cassidy sees like him for the first time, and he, he's like, ah! Ah! And he does, he tells Jesse, his face looks like an arse. And I think that's where that whole thing came I, Oh, in. yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, he, we find out about the shotgun, and... But someone calls him a murderer. Right, which I don't understand, because even later in this episode, when we're finding some information out, it didn't make sense why they're calling him a murderer. I want to know if he did something or contributed to something that made, that killed someone else, and then he tried to kill himself. Oh, okay. Based on that, and I wonder if that's the reason that he's like, you know, could you think God could ever forgive me? Well, if you guys know, again, fangirlsonpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know. Hit us up, man. We, we need to know. We need somebody to connect the dots. We need somebody who's read all the, the literature to help us out here. Yes. Done the research. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, somebody decides to co- confess their sins to Jesse. Which is not a Baptist thing at all. By the way, you confess to God. This is we. So, yeah, it's definitely not. They're not Baptists. I, more and more, I'm like, no, there's no way. It's definitely some other kind of. I'm sure other religions have. Confessions. Besides. Unless they just, you know, if it is non-denominational, maybe they're just assuming you have a pact with God. They're bringing in, well, it it makes sense that they're bringing in things from different religions to suit the story or whatever, especially considering that we don't, they never really come right out and say it. But Yeah, yeah. Because this guy, I wanted to punch him in the face. His name's Linus. He was confessing that he's attracted to a young girl. Not just a young girl. Like a little girl. A little girl. Who's like, on his bus. Well, like eight, ten years old yeah. that is his, on his bus. And the preacher's just like, you know, no. 
no. Right. And that's it. I mean, I'm like, and then the dude's like, you can't tell anybody about this, right? And I'm like, yes, you can. No, no, I don't know about the, I don't know about the, like, uh, if it's, if it's imminently endangering someone else, though, I feel like this is the problem. Because I know that, like, uh, lawyers aren't supposed to tell anything about anything ever. But what if, what if somebody came up to you and said, in your capacity as a lawyer and said, I'm going to go kill someone right now. Are you obligated to try and save that other person? Serious as cancer. I mean, if, I wonder about this. What if about, you're if, their lawyer, you're not supposed to give the information to the police. But I mean, the other person, you're like, uh, you need to hightail it out of here. Maybe you need to go to the fine. police department right now and just but hang out. In like Catholic religion, it's kind of the same thing with the priest. It's like 100 percent confident. Like, but that's my that's my question. Like, as a person, as a as a priest or whatever, as a anyone, as somebody off the street, how do you hear? I am getting to the point where it's like eventually going to happen that he's going to molest this girl. See, it's kind of weird because or just you know. saying it this way. I mean, obviously, we don't have all of the information in front of us mm-hmm. in regards to what you know. They're bound by the cloth. What information they have. But in another show I was watching, it was kind of the same thing. A priest found out that one of his, one of his prisoners had killed people. Mm-hmm. He recognized the voice, but he didn't see the face. But he couldn't tell the police. So he kind of roundabout found a way to give them information okay. without telling them. Yeah, see, this just like... Because it just... Yeah. It's, because, okay, on that, on that level, though, like... So this guy who's telling you that he's having impure thoughts, you're putting him above him and his needs and his like above this little kid, basically. Right. Like that's I feel like that's such a slippery and I feel like if that's the case, I feel bad for priests. Like mm-hmm. I feel terrible that there's like this possibility that you could know something horrible's gonna happen to someone and you can't do anything. I kinda feel like that is a big thing. Like I wonder I, I wanna talk to a priest about this now. I don't know any priests. <laughs> Are not any priests that are watching preacher? I don't. Know. Well, not maybe not. No, maybe we don't say it. Well, you got to see preacher first. But, <laughs> you know, maybe we just phrase it. You know, in the question of because it is. I mean, it's kind of a question of morality. It's kind of a question of you know, knowing are you contributing to it? Mm-hmm. Are you enabling it? You know, right. I'm probably spending too much time on this, but, <laughs> but yeah, no. Send us your thoughts. I'm very interested to hear, especially if there's any any priests out there really really watching this, <laughs> listening to us. Like seriously, hit us up. Oh my goodness. We have Jesse and Emily standing outside a grocery store trying to solicit suggestions. Not money. Just trying to get suggestions on how they can improve the church. And people are walking by like, no, I don't have any money. It's like, that's not what they're asking for. They want you to tell them how, what you want to see in the church. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was kind of, you know, weird because we see it. Yeah. We see it with, because we both work retail, like different things happen. It's like, oh, hey, they're doing this donation. No, 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 I already gave. And I mean, we don't, you know, push any of it. No. But you see it all the time. You see it around Christmas, too, when you have all the bell ringers. Mm hmm. And some people get mad that there's so many. But then when I'm looking at this going, wow, they weren't asking for money, but I feel like people were ignoring it kind of the same way. Just like, oh, no, I don't have any money right now. I don't watch. Like they don't pay attention. Um, I don't watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure there's a there's a clip from it that I've seen where they're like, "Are you sure you're not going to get like made? No one's going to notice you." And he's like, "No, no, I've got the perfect disguise, and it's because Andy Sandberg is dressed as like a somebody who wants to talk to you about the environment. Can I have two minutes of your time to talk to you about the environment?" And everyone's like, "Ah, yeah." <laughs> it's totally the same thing. Like nobody wants to, you know, really get involved. be solicited to care or donate or you know. 
everybody's on their own. And, and I forgot where I was going. <laughs> I blanked. Um, Jesse was getting back into this truck, and the steering wheel's missing. And then you that see just reminds me of Bucky. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you see Tulip drive away. And, uh, yeah, he looks up. I'm guessing this is something that they did before, mm-hmm. like, to other people. Because he looks up the light pole, and his it's up there, like, hanging by a belt. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she got it up there. Or with a belt. Right. Whose belt is that? For real. She took a belt. Asking the hard question. Oh. So, we do have, like, this convoy of Quinn Cannon vehicles headed to a house where Odin... Odin? Odin. Yeah. Who is the guy from... Um, I want to forget this. Um, it's a superhero movie, but it wasn't Marvel or DC. It was Watchmen. Oh, I'm like, come to me. He and I can't remember his name though. He was in the Watchmen. He's playing Odin, and he's just going on a spiel about his land. The family signs off, and his guys all like grab some of their stuff, their personal belongings. And immediately to And the then house here down. comes the bulldozer like right through the house. I'm it's like, wow. so crazy. It was so unexpected. I didn't really understand why they put this in here other than to show that Donnie is now in a cast. He's angry at everybody because he gets in the car and ends up breaking the guy. The well, other the guy, the guy picked up the, picked up the pen for him and it was like a show of weakness. Is Isn't that, that stupid? It's so dumb. As a, as a woman, I'm sorry, this is dumb. You know, you needed help getting the pen because your arm is in a cast. Sorry. But yeah, no, that was terrible. And everybody just pretends not to see it. I just didn't, I thought that was stupid. I agree. I feel like that's the only reason that scene was in there. We just want, they just, well, it's part partially showing a little bit more of who Donnie is and how we shouldn't feel sorry for him. We don't feel sorry for him. I don't. You had me already. <laughs> so somehow Jesse manages to get back to the church and gets his, because he got his steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Still, tell me, how? How did you get the steering wheel? I don't get it. Did you shimmy up at the fire department? Who knows? I, I'm focusing way too much on the steering wheel. You're a little a little obsessed with the steering I wheel. I am. I don't understand. Maybe it was like in Captain America, the first Avenger, where like they pull the pull out and then it falls down and he takes it and that's it. <laughs> like some way, it's just like, it's a collapsible. Some really easy thing. Who knows? Uh, Cassidy's on the front porch of the, the church. But Jesse and Cassidy are drinking, and it's night, so Cassidy's out. Because apparently Cassidy, you know, sleeps all day normally. But he's a as vampire. God intended, as God intended. <laughs> uh, so they're drinking back and forth and talking, and, you know, Cassidy keeps asking Jesse all these question, questions. Questions. <laughs> and he answers all of them truthfully, to the he best does. of our knowledge. Yeah. And then Jesse's like, well, what about you? And so he... Just uh, Cassidy gives a spiel about he's a 119-year-old vampire from Dublin and goes on and on. And Jesse's just like, oh, okay. vampire. That cool. sounds like fun. That's it. Like, obviously just, he doesn't buy it, right? but he should. Until Jesse is just so drunk he falls down and falls asleep on the floor of the chair. And then what I thought was happening, because apparently Cassidy's been trying to get money this whole time, mm-hmm. he's like going through his, Jesse's pockets and he takes his keys. I thought he was, like, gone and just going to leave him. Yeah. But... That's not the case. At least it doesn't seem like it. Because he's driving... Cassidy's driving Jesse's car. Then we see the two guys Mm -hmm. from both Russia and Nairobi. Nairobi. And they come in with, like, this weird case and a coffee can. And they're, like... The one guy is singing, trying to get... With the coffee can on Jesse's stomach. I didn't understand this. It was super weird. The whole thing was weird. They were trying to get whatever was inside of Jesse into the coffee can. Which, hello, I'd rather be inside Jesse than in coffee can. <laughs> like, in a, not even in a sexual way. Just the coffee can was not very, like... Like, at least give me some kind of, like, I dream of genie, like, bottle or something. 
It was a really weird song. Winkin', blinkin', and nod. The whole thing is weird. And then there's a chainsaw, and then they're all trying to kill each other, and all of a sudden, Cassidy comes back and starts kicking ass. And Yeah, because Cassidy walks in with these guys having chainsaw. Whatever Jesse drank, he was just, like, dead to the world. Didn't uh, Cassidy say it was uh, rubbing alcohol, something off the air conditioner, and something else horrible? (laughs) I mean, I didn't think that was real. But, I mean, he is just so drunkenly passed out. I thought it was funny. And Cassidy's like, Oi, you're looking for me, not him. Thinking these are vampire hunters. Right. And so, yeah, whole fight ensues, which bloody as... Super bloody. Super almost, like, killing everyone. And then almost killing Jesse, who's still snoozing away on the ground. Um, And then what's-his-bucket, like, buries them, right? But then they show up again. No, no, he hadn't buried them yet. Like, he goes to bury them. Okay. And the sun comes up. So he cleans up everything, though, but Emily comes in, and she's like, oh, it smells like death in here. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. well, he stashed a couple dead people somewhere. Well, there may or may not be bodies behind them. Don't look too hard. So, yeah, the next day he is... You see Cassidy burying him then. Okay. But they keep showing up. They do. They come back at the end of this episode, and you're like, wait a minute. Well, they're talking to the sheriff, and I'm thinking maybe it's, you know, kind of going backwards, saying who these guys are. Mm-hmm. But it's not. No. Because it doesn't make sense that they keep showing up. Um, and you know what? And this is where I started feeling like maybe, like, Eugene's responsible for what happened to that young girl, Tracy. Uh, oh, yeah, like, because he goes... Uh, rewind. Jesse goes to visit the Loach residence. The mom's a total brat, but I get it. Your kid's in a coma. And I, I was kind of freaked you. out. I mean, that she's putting, like, lotion on her and talking to her, because they, you know, she's explaining that she, doctors say she can still hear. Mm-hmm. But then she, like, rips off her wig and shows, like, she got hit by, in the head, I'm assuming, got kicked by a horse. It was, yeah, there was a the huge concave place on her head. Because so she said something about she'll never be able to ride a horse. That's It was terrifying. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Beautiful young girl, giant hole in her head. Yeah. Um, but they sort of, like, uh, go back to that one. Uh, it doesn't, at some point, the young guy, Eugene, say, you know, he wonders if she could, he could go visit. That's the next episode. Oh, yeah, I'm getting yeah. confused. But, yeah, so I'm like, that's where I'm thinking it's... He had some sort of responsibility, or right. he, like they'd stolen a horse or something. They were weren't supposed to be out like riding in the middle of the night. Or I'm something. wondering if we're gonna see something. Yeah, but Jesse leaves after the mom is kind of like, you know, you, those are pretty words, preacher, but they're just words. Mm-hmm. And he sees the bus driver again, and so he's pretty ticked. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking he's gonna go take care of this, but he ends up he's driving back to town and he sees a baby, not a carriage. Baby seat. Okay. And I'm like, who the hell left a baby on the middle of the road? In the middle of Texas heat. I'm calling the, co- the cops uh, on all of you. Yeah. Turns out God. It, it wasn't that. No. He's chained up in a whorehouse, which is kind of funny. Seems appropriate. Because Tulip was doing this, which I'm guessing she's done this before, because he does make mention of it. Yeah. And she, uh, like, nothing's keeping you here. Because she keeps trying to tell him, you need to do this job. This is what will help you. But she's not telling him what the job is. No. So he's got to know. He's got to have kind of an idea. But I was dying because this is when she, like, gets up in his lap and she's like, you're a bad man, preacher. And I'm like, oh, my god, This isn't cliche at all. Right? <laughs> Whoa. And I love her. He's not actually chained. Well, part of him is chained, but it's not connected to anything. No. You could leave at any time. Kind of funny. Kind of not. 
but he's pretty ticked off at this point, so he gets home and he gets a chain off him. He decides he's going to do something, because Eugene had come to visit. He's mm-hmm. like, saying things and meaning things are two different things. And this is what I think gets Jesse in the, the moment that he needs to take care of Linus, because... Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of been eaten at him. He keeps seeing the school bus. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, how do you not do... How do you not act? Right. And so he goes over to Linus's house. He breaks in the house. Not even worried about it. Nope. Finds Linus in the bathroom. Scares him. Now, Linus is just like, what are you doing here? You know, but that's it. And he's like, uh, I didn't do anything. I'm, I'm trying not to touch her and think about her. And I'm like... I thought we were going to find her in there. I was so, so sure that, like, we were going to find some dead, broken, babe, like, young girl's body. Because we hadn't really seen her at that point. Right. We didn't know how old she was. We didn't know anything. And I'm like, we're going to come across, like, this is AMC. We're going to come across somebody's broken corpse. Right. I don't, I ain't got, seriously. I thought we were going to see something. And I'm so glad we didn't. Luckily we didn't. Because Jesse's starting to get all angry and he's hitting Linus and... Like, he's going to rebaptize him. He's filling up the tub with hot water. Super hot water. And these two things did not go together because he's, like, shoving his face in the hot water and he's pulling it up. And his face not even red. No. Should it be, like, on fire kind of red? Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. I, I mean, if that. it was just straight hot water and you've seen the steam come in. Yeah. You can burn yourself. Scald yourself. Well, not just that. You're also going without air, which would make your face red to begin with. Like, putting your face down. Right, right. These are good questions. But he just keeps saying it, and his voice is getting weird and gravelly, and he's like, forget her. I told you to forget her. And then Linus is like, who? Forget who? Why are you here? Why what are you, are you in my bathroom for? Right. And that was just kind of weird. I don't even like you like that. <laughs> you're not my type. We know you're not. He's not your type. And next thing we know, we have Jesse going back to the Loach residence, thinking, okay, I don't maybe know what I did. But maybe, maybe if I'm passionate enough, yeah. And he, he says he wants to pray with her, but he's like, open your eyes, Tracy. Open your eyes. And then that's how it ends. She opens her eyes. No, we don't see No, no we don't we see don't that. See we just it. hear we it. Just, okay. We just know that, yeah, nothing happened. Okay. I mean, like, it just ends there. It goes black. And I was going nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, why? I want more. And then I'm like, I guess that's why we have to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So is there anything else that you felt like we really needed to talk about with this episode? I feel like we ha- we hit the high points, but yeah, no, it was a lot of stuff happened. It's ton of world building. I feel like we almost learned more about what's going on this episode than we did the first episode. Well, the first episode, they really had to introduce all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to get now that now Cassidy's in play, Julep's in play, Jesse, and the, the comments. Yeah. Uh, the two random guys. I still, I mean, there. still, yeah. Well... Those dudes, I don't get it. Like, I don't get them. And their weird clothes and their weird accents, and I don't like it. Right. I, I honestly had a moment thinking, like, Pinky in the brain. Leave Daddy alone. That's all I'm saying. Leave Daddy Stark alone. It's not cool. Good looking. Good looking. He's a handsome man. Sounds Although, like I did... I, I feel like I can't remember if it was this episode or next episode, where Tulip's like, and what's with your hair? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Leave his hair alone. He's adorable. It's Dominic Cooper and his awesome hair. It was very. It's a very tense doctor hair. It's probably That's why, why you like it. It yeah. probably is. <laughs> All right. So for this episode of Fan Girl Zone, we'll talk preacher episode one. one technically, technically two. <laughs> Super confusing AMC. Way to go. I'm Shad Fan Girl S. And Jess. And we will talk to you soon.